This is Adventist World Radio broadcasting in English from Pune. Hello and a warm welcome to you as you join us. In our program today we have music from heritage singers and family reunion concert singers. A story for children on fish that did not get away. We end our program with a message from God's word on the topic Where was God when Jesus died? I am Sharad. I am Olivia. And you are listening to Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. To begin, here's a song, 10,000 Angels Cried. Stillness filled the heavens on crucifixion day. Some say it rained, I don't know if it's true. Couldn't bear the sight 
You've been listening to a song from Heritage Singers on Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope for all. And now we have a story for children entitled Fish That Did Not Get Away, told by our friend Diamond. In northern Brazil, there lived the Perezes, a Sabbath-keeping family. Like most of the people there, they made their living by fishing. All along the coast were thousands and thousands of fish traps, many of them a hundred feet long. The fish that are caught in those traps are huge. Often they are more than six feet long and weigh over a hundred pounds. That's why the fishermen use traps to catch them. They are too big and heavy to pull in on a line. They might pull the fishermen into the water instead. The fishermen cleaned and sold the fish. Fish was plentiful and they made a decent living. But there came a time when no one in the village was catching any fish in his traps. The Perez family soon ran out of money. They borrowed for a while, but soon no one would lend them any more money and no one would sell them any food or clothing or anything else that they needed. They didn't know what to do. One Friday afternoon, about two o'clock, after many weeks had gone by and no fish had been caught, a fish actually did swim into Mr. Perez's trap. He went out in his boat with his son and they pulled the big fish into their boat and took it back to shore. There they cleaned it and sold it. They were very happy, I can assure you. About seven o'clock that evening, just before the Sabbath came on, a neighbor who happened to be out in his boat inspecting his traps came by the Perez fish trap. There was another fish in it. As quickly as he could, he came to Mr. Perez and said, There's another fish in your trap. Ah, Mr. Perez looked toward the west and saw that the sun was just about to go down. He said, I can't go out and get it tonight. Why can't you? asked his neighbor. Because the Sabbath is coming on very soon. I would be breaking the Sabbath if I took care of that fish after the sun went down. The neighbor said, If you don't go and get the fish, he may get away or someone else might get him. Mr. Perez said, I'm going to keep the Sabbath holy even if that fish gets away. Then Mr. Perez got his boys and his girls together and they prayed, Lord, please take care of that big fish out there in that trap. We want to have it tomorrow night after the Sabbath is over. Please take care of it. They went to bed that night, but word had gotten around the village that there was a fish in that man's trap and he wasn't going out to get it on Friday night because it was the Sabbath. The people shook their heads and said, That man is crazy. Next morning, the family had another prayer before they went to church. Lord, they prayed, You brought that fish into the trap. Now please keep it there till the Sabbath is over. After they came home from church, they prayed again. But as soon as the sun went down that night, 
father and son went out to get that fish if it was still there how they hoped it was they took a lamp and looked into the trap suddenly the boy shouted here he is father then they looked a little farther there was another fish and another and another the trap was full of huge fish they were all night long getting them out all night and all the next day until past noon would you like to know how many six footers they got out of that trap they got 122 besides these 122 large fish there were hundreds of small ones only 2 or 3 feet long there were so many that when they sold them they were able to pay off all their debts and still had money left over now here's the most interesting part of the story how many fish do you suppose were caught in the other traps right beside theirs i have a surprise for you not one fish was caught in the other traps you know what that makes me think of the same god in heaven who led the sheep and lions and elephants into the ark led those big fish into that fish trap now my closing question are you and i being as faithful in our sabbath observance as were that man and his family let's remember this text seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you Thank you Diamond for being on our program. For more information about our program, you could write to us. Here's our mailing address. Adventist World Radio, Post Box number 17, Pune 411001, Maharashtra, India. Another song is by Family Reunion Concert Singers, Heaven of Rest. My soul In sad exile Was out On life's sea So burdened With sin And distress Then I heard A sweet voice Enter the haven of Yeah. <laughs> 
Bible theme today is Where was God when Jesus died? This message will be presented by Pastor Frederick Paul. We want to greet each and every one of our listeners in the sweet name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's always a pleasure to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ with all its power and impact through the radio. Today for our meditation, our subject is entitled as Where was God when Jesus died? Demons gathered in the darkness. The grieving sun hid its face. Lightning rent the clouds. Thunder threatened the distant hills. And the earth heaved and groaned. Shattered, nature waited. All its forces poised on the fulcrum of a single fading life. My God! A tortured voice demanded, more terrible than the thunder, more unknowing than the quaking earth. My God! The same voice again inquiring, then imploring, Why have you forsaken me? The man of the ages asking the question of the ages. When Nazis gas innocent men, women and children at Dachau, when angry tribesmen hacked to death their unarmed neighbors in Rwanda, when terrorists blow up a school bus and incinerate children, we want to cry out, Where are you, God? Why have you forsaken us? Where is God in such circumstances? God is exactly where he was when Jesus died. The Bible teaches that God is omnipresent, present everywhere. You know, when I live and when I get back, I'm never out of your sight. I look behind me and you're there. Then up ahead and you're there too. Your reassuring presence coming and going. If I flew on morning's wings to the far western horizon, you'd find me in a minute. You're already there waiting. We may not sense God's presence, but He always sees us. That was true when Christ hung on Calvary as well. Perhaps Jesus lost sight of His Father, but the Father never lost sight of His Son. In mercy... God hides his face from sin, not because he cannot abide sin, but because sin cannot abide in his presence. 
Though our sin is repulsive beyond our imagining, Christ accepted our sins as his own. Unsinful though we are, in him we live and move and have our being. God can abide sin, but sin cannot remain in the presence of God. Revelation pictures the lost, those who have clung to sin, crying for the rocks and the mountains to conceal them from the Lamb, because in their sin they cannot abide in His presence. Paul tells us that Jesus became sin for us. The psalmist seeking mercy asked God to hide your face from my sins. So God answered the psalmist's prayer and also our prayers for forgiveness by hiding his face from the one who became sin for us. Jesus experienced the consequences of carrying our sin, separation from the Father. This separation devastated Jesus because never before had his connection with his Father been broken. Until then, Jesus and his Father had maintained constant communication Christ referred to this connection repeatedly. Just the evening before the crucifixion, Jesus had declared that he and his father were one. Jesus only did what he saw his father doing. So deep and constant was their communion that Christ could repeatedly say, The father is in me and I in the father. So it came to be that upon the cross, bearing the guilt of all humanity, abandoned by his human disciples, Jesus experienced separation from the Father for the first time. Our sins he could bear without a murmur of complaint, but separation from the Father caused him to cry out in agony. Imagine how the Father suffered watching the scene. Doctors diagnosed the son of one of my dearest friends with cancer. When the boy was less than two years old, sitting with my friend while his son endured many hours of surgery and treatment, I could hardly tell. Who suffered more, father or son? How much more the perfect father loved and suffered as he watched his beloved son in agony. And the father knew that hiding his face cost his son the greatest pain. From the foundation of the world, father and son had agreed to this drastic remedy for sin. In sparing us from the penalty of sin, neither the father nor the son spared themselves in the least. Psalm 22, which begins, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Later reassures the sufferer. He has not despised or disdained the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. In quoting from this psalm on the cross, Jesus expressed his anguish, while at the same time affirming his faith that his father had not despised or disdained the son's suffering. When Adam repudiated God's authority, he breached the loving relationship between himself and God. No longer could they meet and commune in the cool of the day, as they had since creation. God always wanted to heal the breach in order to return us to loving fellowship, but we did not want that healing because, as Paul reminded us, we were alienated from God and were enemies in our minds. Did you know that, my friends? God, the spurned party, desired to reconcile, but we humans have become enemies in our minds. We refuse to cooperate. The psalmist confirms the problem. 
the Lord looks down from heaven on the sons of men to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. All have turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Rather than let us go. Jesus volunteered to become a human forever, to take our part, to reconcile for us. Imagine, even when we refused to be reconciled, God did not give up on us. God reconciled us while we were still his enemies. Jesus became a human, and on the cross he accepted our guilt. Taking on the role of the offender, he could then reconcile us to God. And that's the final piece of the puzzle as to where God was when Jesus died. The father hid his face, fully aware of the pain it caused, so that Jesus could experience the separation that sin entails and fulfill the wrongdoer's role. Though unseen by Christ, the father actively engaged with the suffering son, for God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Both the wrongdoer, represented by Jesus, and the wronged father willingly endured their hour of greatest suffering in order to reconcile lost humanity in themselves. How can we verify this? Both Matthew and Mark record Jesus' cry, Why have you forsaken me? Both accounts next relate that someone gave Jesus some sour wine. Christ then cried out once more in a loud voice and breathed his last. John's account also mentions the sour wine and the loud cry. But John, the only disciple actually on Calvary that day, tells us that when Jesus received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. But this was no cry of resignation. As our representative, Jesus experienced the agony of separation from the Father. In that anguish, he cried out the words of Psalm 22, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yet he realized that this separation was part of the process of reconciliation. How can we know? Because the same psalm declares of God, He has not despised or disdained the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his faith from him, but has listened to his cry for help. And with that realization came the certainty that his task, the one for which he was born and for which he came to this world, had been completed. So as Jesus finished his task in triumph and breathed his last, he heard in his mind the words of the last verse of Psalm 22. They will proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, for he has done it. And realizing he had done it, he proclaimed in victory, it is finished. Where was God when Jesus died? Where he always is. As one poet aptly put it, behind the dim unknown, standeth God within the shadow keeping watch above his own. Behind the darkness, beyond the thunder, unmoved by the quaking earth, answering unseen, the anguished cry, God was in Christ reconciling the world and you and me to himself. Will you please accept that Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Why don't you do that right now? And as you make that decision, the Holy Spirit will come down upon into your hearts right now. And may he richly bless you as you invite him to stay with you and to abide with you for the rest of your life. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Frederick Paul, for sharing God's word. We are sure you gained a blessing from today's message. 
You're listening to the Voice of Hope from Pune, India. One of the beautiful promises of God not leaving us is found in Hebrews 13:5, where it says, "I will never leave you nor forsake you." He says, "I want to be with you. I gave myself to you. I gave myself for you. Do you really think I would ever forsake you?" How do you respond to this astonishing promise? Say it's too good to be true. Say it sounds unbelievable, but don't ignore it. In your hurts, your fears, your struggles, your temptations, there is no more wonderful promise than this. I will never leave you nor forsake you. No matter where you go, God goes with you. With this we come to the end of our program. To learn more on God's word, feel free to write to us on Adventist World Radio. Post box number 17 Pune 411001 Maharashtra India Our address once again is Adventist World Radio Post box number 17 Pune 411001 Maharashtra India You could also email us on amc3 at vsnl.com that's amc3 at vsnl.com i'm olivia and i'm sharad signing out from adventist world radio be sure to join us again until then we wish you good health and a happy home goodbye and god bless you